0: From the I don't know what to say, I'm just speechless, to the <laughs> I can't it, I can't it, I can't it. We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney Competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles, and more. From just two pounds a ticket, no purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions. See mckinneycompetitions.com. One child died in Ireland and Lukashenko recalled all the disabled children. They wouldn't he wouldn't extend their visas They'd, The child died in better circumstances that would have died out there but he blamed Ireland for for this child dying so all those children Teresa's child all those children all had to go back Teresa was like 70 at the age she went back and lived in Belarus then we got this um, contact from our translator um, with a photograph of him sitting out on the balcony with his son on his face the first time he'd been out for over three years and that costs five hundred euros. Like, I mean, it's it's not big amounts of money we're talking about, but it's oh, a huge to, thing for somebody's oh life. Oh my god, yeah, life changing. Life changing for him. I would go to Poland, yeah. but what we we can do to the, for the Belarusians is to get get the money in, and I, that that window will be very very closed very quickly, um, with all the sanctions that's going on. We have a small window of where we can get it, not through banks because we can't we can't we can't trust the banks. Um, so we have, to, we have to use our own contacts out there, which we've built up over the years.
1: Jacinta Curran has been a core member of Chernobyl Aid Nuri for over 20 years. The charity was formed to support um, orphanages and institutions in Belarus, the country that was most affected by the Chernobyl nuclear disaster in 1986. Belarus is uh, the poorest country in Eastern Europe and is ruled by uh, dictator Alexander Lukashenko. This is your host Elaine Ingram and for this week's podcast Jacinta explains how Belarus, even though the government is supporting um, Putin in his war on Ukraine, the poorest of the poor people within the institutions still need our help. Chernobyl Aid will have a bucket collection in the Keys on Saturday the 12th of March. They're desperately looking for continued support and specifically um, Jacinta is appealing for a van if anybody has one as they intend to go over to the Polish border to help out and supply goods. Hi Jacintha, it's nice to meet you. Hi Julian. So your charity is called? Chernobyl Aid Yeah,
0: and um, you've been, how long have you been running for? Well, that the charity has been running since 1997 um, and I joined it in 2001. Um, and we would have gone out t- twice a year to to help institutions and um, community in, in Belarus, which was the country worst affected by the Chernobyl disaster. Yeah. What, what What prompted you to get involved in it in the first place, or to set up the? Um, well, it was it, it, it was uh, Mr. Um, Colleen McGuigan who who came into I'm a pharmacist and who came into my pharmacy one day and started asking me about stuff for going out to Belarus and you know I started chatting to him and. He'd been, he's a founder member since 1997 and is still still uh, one of the main members. So he got me interested in it and I, I thought I would do it later on in life. But then he came back and said to me, you know, will you set up the medical side of it? Because they were going out doing building works and renovation works and things, but they would no medical end to it or, or social work end to it, um, which is a big part of my job now. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's obviously like to help like children. And Was there anything that you came across that... You know,
0: prompted you that this was the charity that you wanted to very, very much. So, um, because what, 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 what we, when we went out, uh, you know, a lot of focus is maybe on uh, the children and the orphanages, which are heartbreaking, and that's where we started off. Uh, but we soon realised that when children in Belarus, as a as a dictatorship, um, they, they they are they are state owned, um, but when they become eighteen, they still they they don't get out. Uh, And so they are just put into another institution. Um, Nothing's segregated, they're all mixed abilities. And so. And Chernobyl, sorry, Belarus was the worst affected from the Chernobyl disaster. Chernobyl itself is in Ukraine, and so this is why, um, you know, at the minute. uh, Well, this is why we're having this conversation right now as well, is because at the moment, you know,
1: obviously with the situation um, in Ukraine. And Be- Belarus is coming down on the side of, of Russia, yeah. and you know, obviously, it's getting a bad press. A bad, bet, a bad yeah. press, you know, for for that reason. But that doesn't affect the the charities and the people that you're you're trying to help are still in the same that's, situation. Yeah,
0: though. that's what, and actually, in a worse situation now. Um, we've always worked against the system in Belarus because uh, it's a dictatorship. They don't really want us there. They don't really want us, made it hard to get us in, made it hard for us to get visas, get any supplies in, whatever. But we, we've we always managed. Unfortunately, this last while with COVID and then restrictions that were put on the Minsk, on, on in, in, uh, the flights going into Minsk and things, um, we haven't been able to go out. But we still have been able to get money out through our contacts out there and um, to, to help in these institutions um, which are absolutely pathetic.'ve um, we've, been, we've been doing this for a number of years and we've been um, writing articles on it all the time and you know it's it's just heartbreaking because um, now the dictatorship will be supporting Putin. The first thing that will go will be the money to these institutions that money will be taken away from them and they, the little that they got will be given to the military. Um, Lukashenko is, you know, as as, as bad a dictator as, as Putin is. Um, they do not care at all about these poor people. They haven't cared about them all over the years, they haven't given them enough, um, they're hidden away in in, in in asylums and, you know, in things like in Second World War, war uh, camps, and, you know, in in, in in forests and and even local people sometimes you know don't even know know that they're actually there or or, are not even opening and rise up to to their um to their plight but what sort of numbers are we talking oh we you know one of our biggest institutions has 500 in it you know at the minute we've had we have five institutions on our books that we try to help um so our our, you know we have one and it would have at least 500 different kids in it in, from different ages right up through to 18. And then even when they're 18, they keep the best ones back so that they can do the work um, for for the rest of the orphanage. Um, and then at 25, those ones might go on to, to the other institutions to be the main workers in the other institutions, but they're never allowed out. Um, and I'm sure some. It sounds like something out of forever. the dark ages. It's really, it is really, you know. Um, whilst you know, in 2013, we stopped we started to get a, a, we build a halfway house in honor of our one of our members, um, Aidan, who had died uh, tragically with a brain tumor, and we we, we tried to build a halfway house in his name, um, and Aidan McAleen and. Um, Unfortunately, he died in 2013. But in 2016, we got this house opened up, and it's been the first time that people have actually been allowed out of an institution. So we have, we have. Um, did you have to? How, how did you get permission to get? Permission? Well, it took us a long time. We tried from 2007. We were originally trying from 2007 when we had plenty of money, no our charity, when things were booming and you know the economy and everybody building supplies and all were were, were sponsoring us. And um, the, the, the authorities wouldn't let us do it then. But suddenly, in two thousand and thirteen, we were out in Belarus, and I was away two hundred miles away from this area where we wanted to build the, the 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 halfway house. I got a call to to come with my translator to see, you know, to, to discuss it at that point. And so things had moved on that that's that much that we were allowed to to build this house. And it just happened to be that that was the trip that we'd gone out on that we'd realized that Aidan was not going to live. Um, it all seemed to be, you know, you know, it all happened coincidentally or yeah. whatever. Um, I don't think it was coincidentally. I think maybe there was another power working for yeah. us. And the house is out there. And there's like eight men who would never have a house of their own um, without this. And we go back every These year. These are men that have come through the institution, yeah, I've been in orphanages since. One of them was, was, um, was uh, left outside the orphanage as a, as a newborn baby. So you can imagine uh, how delighted they are to have. And they keep it like spick and span. They're so proud of this house um, that you know and that's only one of the things we've done done many other things um, we we made it like um, we renovated a, an army barracks um to to put the first daycare center in this village in Cherven so that mothers who have uh, less able children can have somewhere to have respite let, leave their children there you know during the day and um, that was a very worthwhile project um, we did that in conjunction with uh, a girl um, who was out there, who was living out there, and um, she was originally from Cork but was living out there. So um, that that was an enormous uh, success as well, um, because they don't. This, the, the community out there is so so badly off. Um, it it all
1: it all stems obviously from Chernobyl disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean. We're going back like a long time, so maybe people won't even remember it's that far back. Mm-hmm. But um, year was it anyway? Nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. The fallout is the fallout still ongoing with children that are born with disabilities,
0: and you know, um, leukemia and yeah, leukemia is high rate. Um, Down syndrome is high rate. Um, um, the, the, the radiation has definitely affected the chromosome. Uh, the extra chromosome that causes down syndrome it's not only the the actual radiation actual damage that has done to their health or their wealth it's the welfare of the families it's the unemployment it's the um, the whole thing of like um, poverty and uh, uh, alcoholism um, which all all of that sort of stuff all follows it's like a knock-on effect it's all it's all coming from that and poor women Um, you can understand why a lot of women have to put their children in disabled children into orphanages because there's no help in the community Um, and that's that's a lot of our work is taken up now in community trying to help families you know keep their children with daycare center with help with help funding from us you know even to buy nappies to buy to be to buy um, you know groceries all of that type of thing is is in our remit and what what we do unfortunately throughout covid we haven't been able to help the community because we can't you know we can't get money out directly to them we can get money out to the um the bigger institutions um but the fear is now that will soon close that the, the window for that will, will soon close with all the sanctions that have been on you know um it's will the know.
1: sanctions yeah that's what i was going to ask you because the sanctions are obviously meant for a very different reason mm-hmm. but
0: um will they affect charities like you then as well Oh, well, you know, take, for example, we had, a, um, I, I organized a bucket collection, a street collection in Murray twice a year, um, and you, 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 to get a Saturday, you, you organize it a year ahead of yourself. Our date was last Saturday, and with all the bad publicity that Belarus was going, I was like wondering, you know, what way will people react to this, you know, Belarus Do they think you're collecting for Belarus. Putin? Yeah. yeah, for Putin, yeah, exactly. And we, we nearly called it off, and as I say, things happen um, with our charity that, you know, People could say they're coincidental, but to me, they're all, there's always there's always some other force helping us. Because on Thursday evening, I I I had been really bad, really ill with COVID last week and couldn't couldn't do do much. But I I, I was uh, watching the news and it was you know all the time it was horrible and I was wondering about my people and um, um and then I got uh, out of the blue I got a uh, contact from my translator who has been contacting me Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to tell me. Um, how, which institutions, what they need, and um, they have contacted her because they know that that's that they're linked to me, um, and they're crying out for money for gr- greenhouses, greenhouses and seeds and plants because they, 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 a lot of them do grow their own potatoes and their own carrots and all their own self-sufficient in that way, but now with this cutback in, in their allowances from the government, the, the people are going to starve. Now the government will not will not worry about that. In fact. That is, you know, that's the thing on their list. The, the list, and would would appreciate if you know if them people weren't there. That you know that would give them a bad uh, named uh, you know, in the west, and that's why you know we're not allowed to particularly take pictures or anyone with our, We do, but you know you, you you have to do it in the kind of career. Like yeah, Korea. yeah, it's it's terrible. You're so, you're so like you know you might go in and be able to get a photograph when no nurse or no doctors around them because they're afraid of their jobs. Because you know, if, if if that gets out into the into the media, um, they they will be punished very 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 severely, um, jailed even, you know. So it it's a barbaric state. Uh, How are what, what way are women treated there? How women of? are very much second class citizens. They're they're horrendous. That's why they're anti care. They're post-natal care. It's all to do with you know, that. A lot of people, you know, a lot of babies born who could be, you know. If they were, you know, if they if the car of the pregnant mother would would have been, you know, up to scratch then, you know, the babies would have been fine and even thereafter and their birth, during birth, but the horrible, the most, uh, the first time I went out, I took a lot of um, there were, free beach balls that were in, uh, uh, one of the newspapers. You know, we bought the newspaper, got beach balls, and my husband was a news agent, and he had given me a whole lot of these um, you know beach balls and you know because we transport they were flat you know yeah you yeah. know and i thought oh, well what will i do this and we, we we just went into the to the they're sitting in rooms that would have no space in them just just benches nothing no stimulation no nothing just sitting there rocking on benches and nothing else you know and someone could you know be that badly off that they urinate on the floor or whatever but there could be other mixed abilities are in particular um there was this woman and i just kept throwing the um, beach ball at her gently. It wasn't going to hurt her. And for the first couple of days she didn't react and then suddenly she unfolded out of her fetal position and would, in, would interact with the beach ball back out. And I, I just wanted to know what her story was. Did she speak to you? She she could speak to our translator. Yeah. And her what her story was that she was um, admitted to the asylum with schizophrenia. The thing is, men in Belarus, Belarus can, can go to the doctor, pay a doctor, and tell them to admit their their wife. Now, to my mind, this ch- this poor woman had been suffering from postnatal depression. Yeah. She had three children. Her last child was born, and the, then after that, the husband had her because he didn't want her anymore. So out there, they can divorce inside a week and remarry after after that. And you know, women have no rights. Unfortunately, that. The, it's it's them that has to be looking after the children. They have, you know they have to do you know. It's it's them that's that's totally responsible when when husbands will leave them if they have a disabled child. You know they're, they're left they're left coping yeah. with that, and I can see why some mothers can't cope and would have to put them into you know orphanages and whatever. You no, know, it's it's just horrendous, like. You know. And is there any way out
1: for them? Is there any?
0: Well, as as we've been working, you know, you can see that progress. We, you know, in two thousand and seven, we couldn't build a halfway house in 2013 we started it we finished it off um, in 10 trips you know it, it took us to 2016 but we were only going out twice a year to do this and uh, it was how many on. are in your organization well we, we used to have a lot a big big organization prior to 2010 and we used to take lorries out and things like that um, full of equipment and all that and um, then the downturn in the economy happened and big new building supplies and things weren't actually supporting anymore so it was going to cost us more money to get stuff out there by buying it here so we downsized the group as well in, in, into a core group which of about how many of you there's there's four in the core group yeah then what we do is we if, if you know when we needed plasters or we needed uh joiners or whatever we need it we take them out as opposed to taking everybody out yeah um or, or and as well as we we use a lot of um, work, uh, the workforce out there. I was going to ask you that. Can you can you use the workforce out there and oh, give them employment? Give them employment. Give them something to do. Give them money, and they're so proud of themselves. The thing is, a lot of them are very smart and, and they haven't you know haven't had the training, but they they're so good with their hands. But they've no equipment or no tools to do things. And with. The education system over there, I suppose, is probably uh, but very poor. If you haven't got money to be you know into the proper system, you know. Um, you know, in other instances, we we, uh, we 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 uh, on, on one of our last the days were one of our one of our trips it was the last day and a girl that l- lived out there um, took us to see this family and they were living in a hand house. The, the mother and the father were the father particularly was an alcoholic. The mother was a recovering alcoholic, and the four children were in a hand house, um, and the oldest was um, a, a special needs child. And okay. what ages are we talking here are you At like that, that, at, their, at them the, the youngest was two and the oldest was like, ten oh, um and i come home uh, and couldn't get out of my head because it was the last day and, we and could, did you there was nothing you could do was the, the only thing we could do is they, this girl took us to, sh- to show us a, a house it was a, a log cabin that was up for sale in the village um and it was up for sale for twelve thousand euros and i come home and we did a report here and we got we got enormous, uh, enormous uh, support from, from all the people at Newry, Mourne, uh, and also from Mr. Jardle, who, who, you uh, said if we got half the money, he would he would give us the other half. And within two weeks, we had the full amount, the amount of money, and we bought the, we bought the log cabin, and then we then our guys went out and renovated it and put an electricity into it and did all that there, and then this family then ended up with a house, um, for the, for the children, you know, it's, so we. Even though some things are small, sometimes we provide um, like nappies to children or whatever. But some things are big and huge, and you know. Um, but the small things mean every bit much to somebody who's surviving on a breadline. You know, if we set up, you know, paying for their pampers every month or paying for their groceries every month. Or we've we met so many over the years, and Banya uh, 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 who has um, you know, dived into the river and broke his neck at eighteen. When we went out, we, we met him when he was 19, just over 19, he was lying in an ordinary bed, he bed sores. you know, he was in an upstairs flat, he couldn't get out, anything like that. And over the years, we, we, we support him. Now, this last two years, we can't we haven't even been able to get to him, so we, would, uh, we supplied him with you know, a proper hospital bed, um, we supplied him with his... Uh, urine bags and you know his catheters and you know basic things that you know uh, that that he would need to keep himself well and then another year we went out which is so simple he lived in an upstairs flat and there was a window with a small veranda but he hadn't been out for like three years at this stage and he was so white and so pasty that he was a gorgeous looking boy when we met him and then he just deteriorated looking and uh, we decided that if we could make a door out of this window you know, it cost us 500 euros and um, it, was, it was one of our October trips, so it was a co- it was heading into the winter and then in May when this, you know, when this, it's very severe winters and, you know, very hot summers, then we got this um, contact from our translator um, with a photograph of him sitting out on the balcony with his son on his face and the first time he'd been out for over three years and that cost 500 euros. Like, I mean, it's, it's not big amounts of money we're talking about, but... That's it's a huge lifted. thing for somebody's oh life. Oh my god, yeah. life changing, life changing for him. And even the help them. We, we managed to help him get more mobility by giving him operations and things like that. You know, um, and you know he did. Then he started getting out a bit, um, because we got things to make down this. There's no lifts in these places, you know. These, yeah. But wooden planks to get him down and out eventually when he got, you know. So yeah. Uh, we miss those type uh, of interactions now because we can't help them anymore and even tubs of pseudo cream they, they will you know pseudo cream to bring out to, to somebody in belarus is like giving somebody 100 pounds it's no joke they call them pseudo cream magic cream because they can't get it in belarus well it's irish isn't it it is it's yeah. irish um and it, they can get it in poland and pseudo cream you can use for everything everything everything
1: i swear by pseudo yes. Get ready to shake up summer with the Get Active ABC Sunshine Fill Programme for kids and families. Get set for land-based adventure at our summer schemes, or why not get adventurous and maybe get wet at our Splashtastic Water Sports Summer Programme. There are so many things to do, and all we need is you. See getactiveabc.com slash summer for all the details. And um, you were talking about the, the climate over there. You know, they have very hot summers yeah. and very severe winters. Yeah. The winters must be really, really hard because I assume
0: they don't have any heat. So they don't have any money for. Well, actually, they do have heat. Um, the government. It's a government run system. The heat goes on in October. Oh really? The heat goes on in October. It goes off in April. So it doesn't matter if it if the if the climate's like out of sync with that. Right. That's the way it does. That's interesting. I've never heard of a uh, government that would yeah, yeah. yeah. They run the heating system for for these places and for the community. It's... it's. Okay, so so you that's know, one
1: good thing. That well, <laughs> one good thing. But the thing is,
0: you know... That does not um, add up to all the bad things. Um, we... Um, sometimes we would have gone out in February. Well, I haven't gone out in February for a long time, but February would have been the depth of the winter. To minus 25, minus yeah, 30. I, I can just imagine. Yes. Yeah. And you know our workers were were working and, and the, you know their fingers would have been that cold. The, wa- the water bottles would have been iced. The, the wipes that you wipe and to use their hands would have been totally iced. And you know one of the guys he, I'd gone away to do my medical work and come back to him and he had he had put the drill through his finger but hadn't felt it his, his, his fingertip was so cold. All he saw was his trail of blood and wondered what was was happening. Yeah, come back to to, to that. But we got that managed sorted out. But what what I was going to say is we went out in February and they are on clo- enclosed like herds of animals, so they weren't getting out, like in the herds of animals, and the place absolutely stinks. I'm sure that isn't helpful when it comes uh, to disease and illness. Oh my and stuff God, like that it was well. so bad because they, you know they they don't they, you know they, they keep they preserve the heat inside, they keep the doors windows closed, everything like together, and all these people don't get out you know, it's like in or out, you're in or out, you know. So it's like an incubator for... Oh, Oh, horrendous. And then you've got all the um, incumbent patients and all that there. In the summer, at least, you can have doors and windows open. You can take the wet mattresses outside to dry... It took me a long time to get used to breathing into your nose, into your mouth because you Would couldn't Would you normally breathe. go out in the summertime then? It's only so we were usually, the like we, our normal time, was, uh, we adjusted to going out in April and September. Yeah. So one week in April and two weeks in September because they were the best working times because during the summers too it's hot. too to hot work. in the summer too and cold. You've got and you've got a lot exactly. of images. We did one year with uh, when we had the big group and a lot of our group took ill to you know, contamination or whatever it was. You know, um, bugs, bug and diary bugs, that type of thing. Um, no, no major illness, but you know, if you lose somebody, Debilitating, yeah, yeah, and, you and if you lose more. somebody that doesn't work for two days, you pay for them to go out. You know, yes. you cost the, you know, so um, that's another thing we probably we downsize the group because it was costing a lot of money to get our volunteers out there. We only take out what we who we need specifically in the trade that's needed, or we get we know that before we quite we can get such and such out there, and yeah. they're, they're good workers, so. Um, they're delighted with yeah, the money yeah and I'm
1: sure yeah it's probably a better thing to do to use the and as well as that you know you know with, with charity work as well you, you say you, they need greenhouses and things and mm-hmm. seeds and stuff mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. it's always better to just give the you know things the, the, the tools yeah. not just sticking a bandage on and exactly. like giving yeah. them Yeah, you know I remember reading something somewhere before about you know the way there's all these clothing banks and things like that and clothes that are being sent over to to poorer countries you know in African places and they actually can be detrimental because they're then getting all these clothing and putting the local businesses you know the local you know,
0: yeah, how, who, who are trying to make, a, a, trying living. To make a living and yeah. they
1: can't so you know Un- un- unwittingly
0: you know we're actually making the problem worse exactly and you know that's what we found. you know by taking a big group out and taking our supplies out we're, we were only helping we were helping the poor people okay yeah we weren't helping the surrounding community Yeah, you're not to, you're helping you're
1: helping in a in, in a specific but
0: in the grand scheme grand of things under things yeah. uh, you know the you know the, the less the less rich people you know still have to make a, 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 a meager living out of you know S- selling whatever they can as well so you know there's so many layers of um, you know poverty out there that you know if you can you know we're obviously we're, we're trying to help the very bottom and we're also trying to kind of alleviate some of the problems before they get to such a state as you know they can't they have no house to live in or they have no food or you know if they have wounds they can't go to the doctor to see you know to look get them looked after or whatever so that's where a lot of our work would now entail community work yeah. as well as the um, because the only the two things that you would actually be in the, in the community in the asylums is a heat and they'll be fed to whatever level you know in the community some people don't have anything don't even have the money to, to feed their children you yeah know? so it's 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 hard sometimes to decide where you should spend your money you must yeah
1: that's the thing i mean you must come across so much poverty and so much yeah. horrible awful stuff that having to pick and choose like you were talking about that guy that you helped which is absolutely amazing but then there's some other guy yes. down the street who's then yeah. the same how do you
0: how do you choose we, it's usually we, we don't say no to anybody yeah. so if we're approached um we will we, and you know i have followed these people since we were out you know from 2005 2006 you know and um, and the asylums my first asylum uh, you know that we went to uh, and we still go back to it and that's where we built the halfway house in 2013 you know on their ground you know so we never forget anybody and we never turn away anybody the the amount of help we can give is is obviously dependent on how much money we have but we never we we never say no to anybody and every year it kind of is a growing and growing and growing list for your money to be divided yep. upon, you know, so it's like the loaves and the fishes, you know. Exactly. Everybody's, anybody who would approach us, we would never turn anybody down. And you were talking
1: earlier there about the, um, the fundraiser that you had, uh, and you were concerned about, you know, thinking that they were, yep um, um, we were, were supporting you. Yep.
0: And yeah, how how did that actually because our our, our our charity is called Chernobyl in Nury. It is it is Chernobyl is part of the is, is in part of the Ukraine. I think that's probably helped us as well. But the thing is, uh, people were so generous. They know our story from going out all the time. And yeah. uh, am So you n- don't think there was any confusion? Not any. Not I was worried. And, you know, we had maybe two remarks in the whole, you know, day that was, uh, and we got Um, they just not something yeah like you know just you know people being smart but i mean there was only there was only a couple of bad remarks whereas you know everybody else was going you know fair play to you like and we got we had very little volunteers out because unfortunately um people weren't available etc you know and uh and and i myself was down with covid so they but we still got three thousand pounds which yeah. is amazing yeah. you know and well we literally we got 2500 and then we had 500 pound from one of our um, core members he you know he donated 500 pound on top of that because he he i, I was devastated that i couldn't do it and he, he donated that uh, in, in place of me being there so which was really lovely of him you know because he, he knows how much i worry about it So. Yeah, that was a really nice surprise so three thousand in total um and what are you going to do with that now you said you're were... so um we have uh, five institutions now which we are we are we are servicing um um and i wanted to give each of them a thousand euros each yeah um, so the three thousand pound of we have there and we want to you know maybe appeal um for more money or um funding um not only for those but also um to help the ukraine uh, the ukrainians um, and we, they, our founder member, Colm um would, along with myself, would really love um, to take a van out with, um, l- l- you know, load it with stuff that we that they need, but also with money that we can share out, um, and you know, help the Polish as well because the Polish are under so much pressure that maybe we should be instead of transporting. They're under never, an awful
1: lot of pressure now, yeah, because they have and they're so. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's just incredible the way the world, the way, you know, yeah. have just taken, they're just these train loads and train loads of people are coming into yeah. their country and they're welcoming them yeah. with open arms and that's the way the world should be. Yeah. And, but well, they are
0: under a lot of pressure. And, and financially, they must be under yes, pressure. Yes, they must be. And, you know, I've come you know, back to where we started and we used to bring everything out there. In my mind, you know, if we brought money out um, and spent it, and get get the Polish, give the Polish some, you know, um, businesses some benefit as well um, and have like a kind of you know, a stand order of or pampers to somebody or, you know, or to, to uh-huh. things like that, yeah. you know, to a particular institution or a particular um, you know, wherever they, they're putting these refugees, you know you could have Because um, you know, these are the things uh, that people need Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really the basics, you know it's, it's the same as everywhere yeah. now, you know clothes is one thing, but you know you know sometimes when you put out, out the paper clothes you get s- we used to do that and you get so much varied stuff that you you know it's and it takes so much time to sort out and it takes so much then energy to get it uh stuff that you don't need people you know warm coats warm jumpers warm footwork sleeping bags sleeping bags yeah tents anything like that there would yeah. be would be what you need but you don't need like um light dresses and you know all the stuff that you'll get if you if you if if you t-shirts and things got there you might you know might use them as a vest but you certainly won't be using them in that type of climate so yeah yeah, it's it's kind of um either taking out the very very basics or what we would love to do if somebody would be generous enough to give us a van that's what we need at the minute um as a van um when do you see yourself getting out there again though i mean obviously that this is all very well, to, to, we won't get out to Belarus. Yeah. We certainly won't get out to Belarus. What, what I, what I would do I would go to Poland. Yeah. But what we we can do to the for the Belarusian get the money in, and I that that window will be very very closed very quickly, um with all the sanctions that's going on. We have a small window of where we can get it, not through banks because we can't we can't we can't trust the banks, um so we have to we have to use our own contacts out there which we have built up over the years, um and the. We we, we uh, work closely with a charity in, in Clare, County Clare, a, um, a brother Liam O'Mara runs it, and he is a, a Belarusian citizen now, um, and he started way when the Chernobyl disaster happened in 1986. So he has a place out there, he has his own bank account out there, and but we are afraid this is going to be cut, you know closed very quickly, and so we are really needing that money to go to the, to, to go to my institutions, but then I want to concentrate on the rest of the money and on whatever we can make and whatever we can do for the Ukrainians, because after all Chernobyl is in, in Ukraine and exactly, that's, yeah. that's and that hard is our charity, yeah, yeah, is yeah. and we have been on the ground since 1997, you know, yeah. actually before that, um, the, the, the late, the, the Colleen Quicken, who's still a member, they started in 1992, taking children from Chernobyl, bringing over home, here. Yeah and they did that for five years, but then found it too hard to send the children back after giving them two weeks of, oh, look what you could have, um, but you're not. You was there not that. a
1: case of trying to get children adopted over here or anything? Yeah, like that a was
0: different. No, that was, that was, that was, uh, that was all cut down and um, shut down. Would have been in the early 2000s. So I, when, that, when I was going out there, um, there was a lot of um, less evil children adopted by beautiful people in Ireland all over Ireland. Yeah, I do, I I remember met, all that. Oh, I met them so much and there was a lady called Teresa and she had this, um, you know, really, um, very less-able boy. Um, and they, they were all over in, uh, in Ireland, uh, a lot of them down round Clare, um, and Cork and different places like that and, uh, Limerick and, uh, they were over in Ireland. One child died in Ireland, and Lukashenko recalled all the disabled children. They wouldn't, he wouldn't extend their visas. The, the child died in better circumstances that would it would have died out there. But he blamed Ireland for for this child dying. So all those children, Teresa's child, all those children, all had to go back. Teresa was like seventy at the age. She went back and lived in Belarus and lived with that child. And we would have visited her, and brought her stuff, and because yeah, it was close to the area we were working in. And uh, That's, she, I didn't know know that he d- he did yeah, that. Yeah, And that you know, uh, she, the child died, and, and and Teresa came home, and in County, um, in Finnish Diamond, where there was a, a you know service for memorial. The, a memorial service, and it was so lovely. is still living, unfortunately. She's just got dementia, so but she lived there with no language, no language. She didn't, she did know. The, um, and she lived there for ten years in a flat, in to look after her child because she couldn't have the child here. She went she out went with the child. But there were so many other people that used to meet us. We used to go out through Shannon, and people would have met us at, at the Shannon Airport to, to give the give us stuff to for their child that was recalled. They would go out as well. But in between times, if we were going out um, to bring or bring them news or go and visit the child. And, and sometimes we had to bring horrific news that the child was very ill or died or whatever. Um, and it was always so emotional at the airports because they called them the Irish mummies, their Irish their Irish family, you know, and that was so emotional. Those children have all kind of passed away now. It's, you know, this was the early two thousands because then their lifespan, you know. And like there's like um they would have been just put into holes and no memorial, no no you know, um, you know, marking on the grave or anything and these irish families would have paid you know and sometimes we, we had to oversee you know a memorial put up or you know a child being buried that we paid for it you know from the irish families and all. it's horrendous um the whole situation unfortunately now with this putin and and, and um you know uh, the, the liaison with belarus belarus is even going to be worse off it isn't the of Belarusian course, people that want to fight, it isn't the Russian people that want to it's fight, the it's the government. governments. Yeah, it's you the know? government. Mm-hmm. I mean, what sort of a world do we live in, it's just... it's, it's just. The Ukrainians are so brave and I feel so sorry for them. I just don't know how, you know, other than supplying stuff to them and whatever, um, they're just in for a really, really hard time, you know. Yeah. It's just... what I, I can see where the... We, the we, we feel
1: so helpless here, oh, yeah. you know, that we really are stuck. In yeah. a position where
0: it's you are so brave. Yeah, you know, even the president. I mean, you know, he was. You know, he's. You know, he, he speaks so he well. He stood up and, yeah. he, and and him like he was. You know, he did voiceovers and he was a. You know, a Paddington Bear, I believe. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah. voiceover. Heard that the other day. And <laughs> yeah, the went on that there, and he was like. But it just goes to show, though, that the, uh, the way the
1: world has reacted.
0: Yeah. Um, and he is a hero because that, um you know he's stood by his people he could have gone out, the only you know. hope is that the russian people
1: protest will, that um they, they will stand up and, and i it, know at the moment there are plenty of protests and the russians some russian yeah. people are standing up and they're getting shut down very quickly oh but if enough of
0: them stand up yeah but the thing is that's what happens in belarus as well i mean last year there was there was the um the uh, the elections in belarus and you know were totally rigged. I mean, this guy Lukashenko. Um, when we started going out, um, he had like a seven-year-old son, must be probably near twenty. But his son was was in line for the next for to be the next president, you know. And you know, I really, really thought last year they were getting some and there was a, a lady who was go- who who definitely won the polls, but disappeared. Rage. Yeah, disappeared. She's not. She's nowhere anywhere to be seen. To be you know to be a threat. Uh, and. And literally disappeared. Yeah, not yeah. just disappeared off the political radar. Yeah, no, no, just literally, you, you vanish. Yeah, if you if you, you go against the state, you know, if you go against the state that serves such a horrific regime, and that's how some. Do you ever it. fear for yourselves when you go well, over we've there? We've had many out there before. I remember one time we, we were in one of the institutions that we used to looking after, and we were trying to get new windows put in, and we got us a fire not like four or five miles down the road and he drove it this camp this camp was unreal like you know it's all you know locked gates and all that it's like a prison um and he got in and it's in the forest so you kind of don't see it from the road way off way off and then, but he only oh, lived about five mile away and we got him to do it because he was local in and he, he was scared to get out of the van um and then collie said well you get out of the van or we're not giving you the money to pay for this because you know you need to see what's coming on here and this was true on times translator and he got out and he never realized that place was there and he he was scared witless you know i i do remember the first time we went to that that institution we were so tired it was the end of one of our other projects and we were going to see what project you, you would always have to be ahead of yourself what project you were going to the next time and it was the last day and we had been out there for two two weeks and it's very long very tiring you know you're working seven days a week and you're you know you're working really hard um, so, two weeks after, you know, we went out to this place and we were tired, hungry, and you know, we went, drove tro- 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 in and the people kept coming round us like, and started shaking the van. And we, I know personally, I started to, to, to laugh, but it was a, like a hysterical Nervous laugh. La- yeah. laugh, you know, it wasn't funny at all. Um, and these people hadn't seen people driving in a in van before, you see, so they were all coming round to see what was happening with the sheer volume of them that our van was, was rocking, you know. And then we we did work in that for we worked in that asylum for three years, which would mean six trips, but we also um we did um we still we still give them money for just dis- when we go out every time we go out we go and buy their disinfectant from them and their their pamper what well, they call it pampers, but their incumbents pads. Um and anything else that they might need, you know, something else, you know. So usually Every time you go out, you would spend around a thousand euro on each of the institutions yeah. and then whatever else you need, you spend on the, com- whatever else you have, you spend on the community. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can't get to the community and that's my, I just hate all the poor people that we'd have, we honest come in with our pseudo cream and our dressings and and even just a chat, even some people just, you know, even a hunk, yes. honestly, these people are in um, the institutions have never been hugged. Never been hugged, and I remember there was one guy, Sasha. He was one of my first patients when I went out into you know, the soft gear first asylum, and he was a big, big, strong man. But he had, um, you know, a tracheotomy in, so he, he was speaking through a voice box. But he wouldn't speak to me, and I he had really bad ulcerated legs, and I was trying to, you know, trying to make some inroads into, as well as trying to teach the yeah, the uh, curves, Um you know what to do and how to do it if they had the stuff to do it with and then the second time I did still no progress he didn't look at me he kept his head turned away and that there and then yeah. I realized he was a very intelligent man and that you know I said to a translator why if we just give him the stuff and he can do it himself you know because when we give stuff to some of the nurses occurs we're not sure a hundred percent whether you know they're poor they very little wages 50 euros or something a month and their wages you know, um, whether the stuff actually gets used on the, the patients. So we give this guy, I personally give him the stuff, you know, his, his creams and his you know, washes for his legs and his Truby Fast to keep the, the, keep the uh, legs clean and things. So the next time we'll come out, it was such an improvement in his, you know, this was six months later, and it was such an improvement in his legs. And ever since then, I have gone back to him and he's still living and he runs to me and he lifts me up. A big, big man. And he lifts me up. Um, and I always have his. His, you know, stuff to keep his legs right. I also have his, unfortunately, you know, he has no other, um, he loves uh, puzzle books. You obviously, you have to buy them out there puzzle books and cigarettes and coffee. So he gets his wee parcel every time you go out. And I haven't been able to go out for him for, you know, Sasha for two and a half years now. Yeah. And I'm thinking he's dead by the time I get back out again. It's so sad. But he, for somebody who would not look at me to now over, you know, the last 15 years, when, when I come, he knows I'm coming to see him and he knows that, you know, and he just loves a hug. That's yeah. all he does, a hug. Yeah. Well, well I think yeah, it's fantastic work that you do. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rewarding it because I get the, um, you know, the benefit of seeing that delight on people's faces. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work throughout the year to f- raise money and whatever. And keep keep it going, and, and you do need to stamina to keep it going, and it's very very hard working out there. But the one word that we have is we see the delight in people's faces, even by giving them a hug. Whereas people who donate money are very generous because they don't they don't get that feel really good come come back. You know, yeah, but it's yeah, it's it's a very brave and you know yeah I, I,
1: I know it sounds like you really i can tell by you like that it really is rewarding for you it's really rewarding yeah. and
0: it's something that you know i would have had a stressful working life and it was something i always thought are you thought, retired uh, now i'm just i'm retired yeah i'm um, retired to Ill, Ill health but it was forced on me with COVID. then you know and you know, could you
1: see yourself ever like moving out? To, well, well you know, I, at the moment, we're not even, not gonna, even allowed to, you know, yeah. but
0: uh, yeah, I could, I
1: could. Um, or even somewhere closer, know. like you were saying, Poland. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I,
0: you know, there's so much you can do, even if you're, even if you're by yourself, but there's so much you can do the people are supporting you with money and all that there, you know, yeah. Um,
1: do you have any more drives coming up? Any more fundraising? Is it just on- ongoing all the time, or do you it's,
0: then... Yeah. Well, this this is what I'm hoping for now because of COVID, we ha- we had to. You mean know, we we lost all our funding there as well. You know, we couldn't even have our pocket collections and things. So we have to get back on, on the ball again. And I've been in contact with the Keys um, Shopping Centre, and I'm hoping I'm going to maybe they will allow me uh, stand there so that people could come and help come and donate to us and I'm hoping for that to happen on Saturday we just an appealing for money um appealing for a van even um, you know if someone yeah, like was to have a van really yeah. really actually that's one of the things I, that I've always said I wanted to do would be drive out um, to Belarus obviously we can't do that yeah, now but yeah, yeah. to drive to the Polish border that's one of yeah. the things I'd still love to be able to do and physically, physically help uh, whether it be just you know whether it be just looking after children, whether it be whatever you know, whatever you could do out there, I'm sure they need help as well as as somebody just um, you know dropping stuff off. Yeah. You know, um, and because we're used to that type of thing, and you know, we we've been lying in on asylum floors. We, we, we when we go out there, well, there's no luxury. You know, we you know we have our beds or we have sleeping bags on the asylum floor. not you know, it's not it's not. Uh, Luxury, but it's not meant to be luxury, and we don't spend any money on ourselves, and we don't spend any money um, on admin. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just appealing for people's, you know, kindness, and 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 has been has been shown over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, there's a lot of kindness uh, and support around. You know, um, I just hope uh, that you know that that you know maybe maybe the people in be- the, the poorer people in Belarus are not tired all with one brush of, of, of Lukashenko's dictatorship because, you know they don't know they're what, the victims they're the victims they as the much victims, as everybody yeah. else yeah. and the only hope we have is that maybe the russian people and uh, will get true to their sons or their soldiers to lay down their arms but yeah i'd say that's only hope for ukraine if the soldiers kind of rebel well that's what my thinking as well mm-hmm. yeah it, it mm-hmm. needs to be uh, the people of russia need to stand up yeah i think that's only hope yeah. because i can't see that nero can get involved i i do understand the reasons because we've got Kitten who's ready to push a button and where would that where would that end, you know? So.
1: Okay, well, you thank you so much. That like, was very interesting. Thank you very much. That was
0: really interesting. Yeah, there. that was
1: really good. Thanks for listening. Um, that was definitely really informative, even though it was horrific. As Jacinta said there, there will be a bucket um, collection in the Keys in Uri on Saturday the 12th. Um, and as she also said, they are are desperately appealing for um, anybody with a van um, to help out with their intended trip to Poland. Remember to keep getting all of your news from Arma I and I hope you join us next time for our podcast. From the... I don't know what to say. I'm just
0: speechless. To the... God, I can't
1: believe it. I can't believe
0: it. I can't believe it. We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney Competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary.
1: For competitions, rules and conditions, see mckinneycompetitions.com.